One of the things that I love about what God's doing in this season focused on healing is he's giving us tools in the midst of all the stories. So we've heard about centering prayer in silence. We've heard about supportive communities. And today we're hearing about gratitude. And you might hear gratitude and think, man, that's, that's a really simplistic thing. Phil would say it's actually one of the most powerful things you can do. In fact, it has shaped the last six years of his life after having a life-threatening experience. So I want you to be ready to step in. This is a fun interview. It's not going to be quite as heavy as some of the other episodes. And the takeaway is something that you can start practicing immediately in a way that could actually bring immediate joy. So get excited. Let's jump into this concept of gratitude. You're listening to episode 72 of the Where Did You See God podcast. Father God, I just want to thank you that you are God and you are good. And I just thank you for just the gift of being able to have conversations without any concern about distance, that you are creating ways for people to connect that might not have ever connected otherwise. And I thank you specifically for this conversation with Phil and just the sense I had that there are things that you want to bring out that are just going to be impactful for people. Um, And I don't know who, and I don't know how, but we're just taking a step of faith towards the idea that you can work through our conversation. So we give this conversation to you. We thank you for it. Pray that you would guide our words, that you would guide our thoughts. And if there's anything you want us to land on and hang out in and marinate in, that you would give us the wisdom and boldness to do so. But above all, we pray that you are glorified. And we thank you just for the honor of being able to talk in your presence. Let's pray in his holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, Phil, I'm excited to talk to you for a few reasons. You're another one of these folks that God has brought about through Podmatch. And I'm confident it's God because... I didn't get any movement for several months. And then suddenly there was this onslaught of yes, <laughs> that happened when I took a step of faith towards this healing season. You know, I know you have a healing story and I don't actually know much about it. We've only talked briefly on the chat, but you mentioned having a heart attack. But one of the things that you mentioned that really stood out to me and that I'm looking forward to diving into is you spent a lot of time pressing into the idea of stress and how that impacts our life and how we navigate that. and. And the thought that hit me was there are a lot of people that might hear some of these episodes, hear some of these stories and say, wow, that's powerful. That's great. But, you know, I don't wrestle with mental health or I haven't had a brain tumor or I haven't this, that or the other, but everyone has stress. (laughs) Everyone can be impacted by stress. So I'm excited about that. But before we jump in, I've been trying to randomly come up with a introduce yourself question without any prep. And I always forget that I'm going to do it. So I get to it and I'm like, last second, like, oh, no, no, come up with something creative. So here's the one that I'm going to do for you. Okay. You have just gotten the number of somebody famous that you really admire, but you've been told the only way you can connect with them first is to send a single text message of who you are, and then they can decide if they want to continue the conversation. So you get one text message. It can be a paragraph but one text message to tell that person who Phil is. Let's hear that text message. Boy, that's a good one. Uh. (laughs) I looked at my phone and that's like text message. (laughs) And and you're right. There is no preparation for this. This is completely off the cuff. (laughs) 
so I've got to get this person. I mean, I think you're gonna ask me who the person is, but it doesn't I'll matter. Leave that up to you. If you it, want it, to reveal that information, you can. And for the sake of of the argument, I mean, it could be anybody current or past. I will allow so it. I, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay away from you know. I would like like to text Jesus because let's be honest, I can talk to Jesus and God anytime I want to. So so let's go with somebody who would actually have a text and. To introduce myself, I would say I have been throughout my lifetime someone who stressed out about almost everything. But in 2015, God got my attention and I have started to learn ways to handle stress. I'm going to assume it's somebody important. Let's just say for the sake of argument, it's Abe Lincoln. Okay. Yeah. So, Mr. Lincoln, obviously you have a lot of stress with what you're trying to do, hold the country together. Can I come visit you and talk to you, pray with you, and help you overcome stress? I like it. So by the end of the episode, we will reveal if Abe Lincoln texted back. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> if he did, somebody's hacking my phone. So <laughs> yeah, there's something else going on. Well, yeah, I want to just jump right in because you know, you mentioned that all your life you've wrestled with stress. And then there is a moment in 2015. Just jump into your story. Tell me the story of stress in 2015. Okay, so in 2015, I was getting ready to, I've been a member of Toastmasters, and they have an annual contest, the World Championship of Public Speaking. And in 2011, I placed in the top nine in the world out of the about 25,000 people who started. Wow. Okay, in 2015, it, and, and I was in Las Vegas on a stage in front of 2000 people speaking. It was a, a huge, huge thrill. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't think much about what message am I going to send the people. It's just like, well, I get to talk in front of people. And, and of course, there's stress in doing that. There's stress in the day job. But in 2015, I made it back into the semifinals, which is the top 100. And I was getting ready to go to Las Vegas. So you want to talk about stress. You find out in May that you made it to the semifinals and the semifinals are in August. So for three months, you're practicing your speech, your story. You're going around to everybody who will listen to it. I'm going to Rotary clubs, any event to share my seven minute speech. And at one of them, I ran into a friend of mine, his name's Tom, and I hadn't seen him in a while. And Tom's about my age, about my size, et cetera. And I said, so what's been, what's new in your life? And he said, I had a heart attack. Hmm. I'm like, no, 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 no. People our age and our size don't have heart attacks. That can't happen. You know, early 50s? No, that doesn't happen. And, and so I said, well, tell me more about it. And Tom is actually a preacher and, and a speaker. And so when you tell somebody like that, tell me more about it, you're going to get a good story, <laughs> right? So he told me everything that he went through all the way leading up to the heart attack. And it's about two weeks before I'm supposed to go out to Las Vegas and I start feeling the exact same things that Tom was telling me about. I'm like, Oh, Tom told me about that. Oh, I'm falling asleep on the couch at nine o'clock at night. Tom told me about that. And something, well, it can't possibly happen to me. And the Thursday before we were supposed to take off for Vegas on, I think Monday, I am at a scout camp with my son and I feel terrible and I went to the medical tent and they said, your blood pressure has tanked. And I called my wife and she said, I Googled that and, and that's possibly a heart attack. And so they took me to the hospital and sure enough, I'd had a heart attack. Wow. So that was the end of the Vegas dream. That was the end of the summer camp too. But 
they they fixed me up. They put a couple of stents in, and afterwards, the doctor told me, "Okay, number one, you need to change your diet. You need to cut coffee to one to two cups of coffee a day, low salt, low fat, all the things I expected." But the surgeon who operated on me said, "You need to lower your stress," and he said, "I want you to take." one week off every three months, if you can do it. And he said it in front of my wife. So I had to do it. (laughs) So I didn't think much more about it because in that moment, you're not focused on recovery, right? Physically, I've got to feel better. In March of the next year, my wife said, it's time to take a week off. So we did, we just had a staycation and we went to the zoo with our son the first day. and, And at the end of the day, I just had this idea. I'm going to post the great things that happened today on Facebook, put it on social media, something positive on Facebook. And so just, you know, great things that happened today. We went to the zoo, we saw a baby cheetah, we had a picnic in the car, and I put it out there. And then the next day, art museum, I did the exact same thing. And every day for the week, I put out, well, here's the great things that happened in life. And I'm getting all these likes, which, you know, that's that's the big thing about Facebook. Oh, they like me. Right. I decided, well, let's see how long I can keep finding great things. And the answer was, I'm still doing it. And this has been almost six years now. Um. And what I came to realize was, I'm not finding them so much as God's showing them to me. And once you start looking for what's good in life, God wants to show it to you. He wants you to see it. If you do that, one of the side benefits is it's going to lower your stress because not only have you started looking for what's good in life and what's wonderful, little things, not only are you doing that, you're not spending time looking at what's awful, what's bad. You can only spend your time in so many places. And if you're spending it looking for the good, that's going to crowd out all the bad, not all of the bad news, but a lot of the bad news and the things and the stress-inducing external things. There's enough stress in regular life. I didn't need to be looking at on the news first thing in the morning. There's, There's a study where they took people and they checked the difference in how you start the day. So one group was exposed to the normal news which is a lot of negativity. The other group was exposed to solution-focused stories Mm. for three minutes, just three minutes at the start of the day. The first group was 27% more likely to report their day as bad eight hours later. Wow. That's the story. That's certainly not a Cliff Notes version of the story, but that's the story. I started looking for what was good. God showed me what was good. And for six years now, that has been a way to lower stress. Um, thank you for sharing that. And heart attacks a scary thing. And it can be a subtle thing. I mean, just what you shared in your story, people assume it's like the suddenly you grasp your chest and you fall to the ground. Mm-hmm. But it's sneaky. One thing that's really powerful is it's almost like God gave you a heads up through that pastor. <laughs> Who knows how you would have responded had you not had those precursors already in your mind that you're like, Maybe I should take this a little more seriously. I honestly believe he was put in my path by God for a reason. The other option would have been, I wouldn't have had that in the back of my head. And I would have just thought I'm feeling lousy. I would have gotten on a plane to Las Vegas. And then something worse could have happened out there when I'm 2000 miles from home. Yeah. When I love that idea of, you know, one way I've heard somebody put it before is practicing gratitude. 
but it's this notion of deciding what it is that we're going to set our eyes on while you were talking. I was like, there's a verse <laughs> and I was trying to remember what it was. One of them is Philippians four, eight, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And you did a giant thumbs up. So it seems like you might have here, some feelings about this verse. Here's, here's why in my notes, the one verse that I had in my notes was Philippians 4, 8, because that, that speaks to it. And after it was a couple years ago, our regular preacher at our church said, I'm off this week. Could you fill in for me? I said, oh, yeah, absolutely. And the whole sermon was built around what I just said and how you look for the good. And the scripture I finished with was Philippians 4, 8. Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. That just that's right there in the Bible. Hey, this is what you need to be thinking about. And if you're doing that, you're not going to be thinking about all the things that are raising your stress unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. You can't eliminate stress. I don't think we were designed for that. There's a, a little stress goes a long way, but you can eliminate unnecessary stress. Yeah. Well, I think it's important too to name, you know, people can use this notion in an unhelpful way as like a platitude or as like a dismissive kind of thing, like, oh, just be optimistic, just be positive. And that's not what you're saying. What you're saying is basically <laughs> our minds are always latching onto something and God has given us the capacity to decide what to latch to. And unfortunately, it will latch onto drama or fear or concern or anxiety. It will latch onto those things. And again, God has given us the capacity to decide I'm going to choose to latch onto this. Tell me a little more about how what you're saying isn't just a dismissive, just be happy. It's absolutely not. Zig Ziglar once said, all sunshine and no rain makes for a desert. It just doesn't work. The research I've read says somewhere between three to one and five to one that you need to have between, it depends the study you look at, you need to have between three positive thoughts and interactions for every one negative or five, depending, depending on what you read. But there is the negative. There are going to be events in your life and you don't just stick your head in the sand and say, look, I'm going to ignore this because you can't. There is some drama that you can ignore. I talked about social media before. You can block, unfriend, whatever, those people that are bringing unnecessary drama to your life. But there are some bad events. They happen. We're human. In 2019, I lost my father after a long, he had a long battle with dementia. So these things happen. There are ways we can deal with them to lower the stress. You cannot eliminate stress. When I give a keynote, I talk about you need to subtract the bad that you're exposing yourself to. The word is not eliminate, it's subtract because there's only so much you can subtract. And the thing I came up with is when you can't subtract anymore, you need to add, which is stands for ADD, acknowledge, don't dwell. Mm. So acknowledge the grief, whatever process you have to go through to get over that, you do. And then realize, for me, it's realize God is in control. Mm -hmm. In the end, all the stress will be gone. But as long as we're on earth, it won't be. Yeah. Well, and what you just said makes me think of the other verse that I looked up 
which is in Colossians three. And it says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things for you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. It's almost like this sense of set your mind on things above because the things on earth aren't what you think they are, or they don't have the power that you give to them. And it's almost like what you're saying is, you know, whereas some people would want to eliminate stress and you're making it clear that's not actually possible here on earth with our broken world and broken bodies and broken minds, but it's almost like this repositioning, the decision of how much power am I going to give these things? Because when we give power to the things that stress us out, they have a lot of influence now on how we see the situations. Whereas when we set our minds on the things above, when we think of what is good, we're now giving power to those things. The example that came to my mind was there is a lot to stress about when the pandemic started. For some people, it could have meant a change in what their work looked like, fear around their health, this, that, the other. I've known people who went into it fearful of what it was going to mean and fearful about the change and fearful, I'm working from home, how does that work? And hearing so many stories of people celebrating in the midst of the hard things, the reality that they got to connect with family in a way that they never had before. Now, some people got tired of being around family all the time, but there were people that I heard stories from that said, I didn't realize how much I was committing my life to my work. And this shift reminded me of how important family was and gave me the opportunities to connect. And it shifted how they understood the pandemic. There were still hard things. There were still challenges but they saw this beautiful piece of restoration in family and that allowed them to move forward with a larger strength than they had when they felt defeated. I had a friend who practiced gratitude at one point. He was in this hard role doing an internship and he just was feeling bitter and so many things were upsetting him. Some of them rightly so, some of them he wasn't sure if they were rightly so, but he felt it nonetheless. And it was really bringing him down to a point where he's like, this isn't working. I need to do something different. And what God placed on his mind was this idea of practicing gratitude. So he's like, all right, over the course of the weekend, I'm just going to give it a couple of days, but I'm going to, anytime I'm feeling stressed about something, I'm going to think of something to be grateful for. He only planned to do this for a couple of days, but it was so powerful in that short time that he's like, I'm just going to keep doing this forever. <laughs> and being able to watch from the sidelines at his process, because I was walking with him through it and giving pastoral care. And I saw the difference. His situations didn't change, but he had changed who he was in the midst of those situations. God had given him a capacity that wasn't there before. And so he was able to go into those same spaces in a different way. That's, that's similar to what I experienced. My situation didn't change. The level of stress I took on relative to the situation did. So God changed me, not the situation. Yeah. And that's the mindset and reality that I've seen come out in a lot of the stories that I've heard recently and even things that I've experienced. Our default is to think the answer is to eliminate the bad things, to fix the bad things. And what we're basically saying is, no, actually, the road to contentment isn't necessarily changing the circumstances. In fact, the circumstances can get worse and you can still be content in all situations. Like this is a theme I'm seeing come up more and more and it's counterintuitive because again, our minds are set to eliminate obstacles. And what you're basically saying is, I mean, it's not even about the obstacles. <laughs> Let the obstacles remain. 
let me see what's going on in the midst, what God is doing in the midst. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not going to get into the story, but there was a time when I did everything I could to fix a problem. Mm. And I, it just, the problem got worse and worse. And finally I said, God, I've tried everything. I know you can fix this problem like that. I'm giving it to you. It was a problem very, very near to me and, and near to my heart. And it was just as if God said, check this out and problem solved just over time. Everything was completely solved. Just wow. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the pandemic and you mentioned that in your prayer too. We wouldn't be talking right now if it weren't for the pandemic and Zoom and all <laughs> the things. And I have been able to connect with people from around the world virtually face to face on the camera because of the pandemic. Has the pandemic been negative for a lot of people? Absolutely. But have there been some good coming out of it? Definitely. Yeah. One of the things was my middle son was home during the pandemic, not at school. My wife and I were given all this extra time with him. Every night, we were all around the dinner table. Every night, we, we watched a show on TV or we played a game or something like that. And I'm thinking, this is really, this is bonus time. This wasn't supposed to happen that way. And here, it's a gift to be around the table with four of the five in our family. And what a great month or two that we had. Yeah. One question that's come to my mind, and I think it's important, you know, I think most people could get behind what you're saying, right? Most people mm -hmm. can say, yeah, gratitude is good. It's, it's great. Yeah. The challenge that we often face is how do you practice gratitude when you do not feel grateful? You do not even have the desire to have a positive outlook when things are so hard that you're like, I barely have the capacity to get out of bed, much less practice gratitude. What do you do in those situations when it's probably arguably most needed, but also most challenging to do this? I do a couple of things. The first thing is I've kind of set this expectation with myself that I will put something out there. I will find something to be grateful for. Every morning, I'm going to put something out there on Facebook because people need to hear it. People need to hear that there are good things. And there are people now on Facebook that are doing the same thing and tagging me. Hey, here's what's going on in my life. So do something if you can to keep the ball rolling. That said, there have been days when I just said, I'm not going to do it today. You know, God, I'm going to take a day off. I will do it tomorrow. I promise. I know you're going to give me things to feel grateful for, but yesterday was so bad. It would be almost lying to say, here's the great things that happened yesterday. So I'm going to take one day off. I'm going to get it together. I'm going to look for what's good because I know you're going to show it to me. And then the next day we're back rolling. Yeah. Because again, we're not talking about sugarcoating everything to make the bad look good. Right. Jesus wept. <laughs> there are moments that things can be legitimately rough. And so I love that what you're tapping into is just the grace of God, the understanding of God, the patience of God, where he's not going to say, no, you committed to daily, you must do it, or I'm abandoning you. No, it's <laughs> like he understands. We see that graciousness in the way that Jesus interacted with the disciples who messed up plenty, oh, yeah. but he still had so much love with them. And I also love what you mentioned about using Facebook, because the truth is this could take many forms, right? It could be just 
a mental exercise that you wake up and in your own mind, you think this is what I'm grateful for. It could be a tangible thing where you write it in a journal each day. And I think all of these are great ways that depending on the person, their situation, their preferences, you know, people can fine tune it. What's beautiful about the Facebook piece is what you mentioned is there's two pieces actually that came to my mind. One is the accountability element, because mm -hmm. when you're doing something publicly and people catch on that, this is a rhythm, either they will expect, or you will expect them to expect that you will continue that rhythm. So it provides a healthy accountability. Like I don't want to do it today, but if I don't post people are going to notice. So yes, right. Like yes. there could be a healthy element. And then the other piece that I love is what you shared about how now it's spread. Your act of just doing your own thing has inspired other people to say, well, maybe I'll do this. And now they're doing it. And who knows how far that spreads beyond even your site, the people that could be impacted by this that you'll never hear about. So I love that public element that you're doing. I hope that's happening. I know there's one lady who is out there sharing every day and she's going through knee surgery and therapy and the kind of thing that could really get you down. And she's posting the great thing. Hey, I was able to walk without my walker today and I'm making progress. And another one friend of mine from the Cincinnati area said, all right, I'm in a bad place. I'm going to try just for the month of September to list what's great in my life. And it's October and she's still doing it. Mm. I'm thinking again of that verse, set your mind on things above. And a big piece of what we're talking about is this practice that somebody could do whether they believe in God or not, right? Like practicing gratitude is accessible to anyone. It's a powerful practice to help us shape our perspectives that life is not just about the hard things that happen. And for believers, it helps us to recognize the reality that life is bigger than us, that God is doing things greater than us, that everything could fade away here because it will, and there's still something but the question that hits my mind is ultimately one thing that scripture indicates to us is that not only is our life, not just about our individual self-sufficient life, our life exists as something that can glorify and honor God. And so my question for you is clearly this practice has influenced how you engage with your life and how you understand life. How has this practice changed how you engage with and understand God? I think it's opened my eyes to all the wonderful things that God does for us while we're here on earth. There's a danger if you're just expecting something big. I want a big miracle. Mm. And if I don't see a big miracle, then what's it all about? It's got to be big. That's absolutely not what I found out here. So many times when I look back at what I posted, they were little things. I played with the dogs. Who made dogs? Who made dogs that want to get up in your lap first thing in the morning and give you nothing but pure love? But what's that gift from? That's from God. Or banana milkshakes. You know, <laughs> pop out the blender, throw some ice cream or frozen yogurt in my case, a little healthier, some 1% milk and a banana. Blend it up. You've got a banana milkshake. It's so little bit, but then I'm sitting there with my wife and my son who's still at home and we're having milkshakes and we're just sharing life. And the recognition is all that came from God. I didn't grow the bananas. I didn't make bananas, but that all came from God. Oh, a beautiful sunset. That's cliche, right? Because everybody sees a sunset and oh, that came from God, but it's true. Or changing leaves, just these little things. And you start to notice them because you're not involved in the drama that social media can bring. I'm, I'm really big on you have to use social media in the right way. Mm -hmm. I have a couple of ladies at church that share 
the, the one shares pictures of her little kids doing things and gives all the glory to God. The other one shares a, a verse every day on Facebook. I can't wait to get on Facebook just to see what, what the verse is. Mm. You just look for the little things and God is faithful and God is going to show them to you. Yeah. You know, it's almost like what is happening here is there's a reshaping in our mind of what actually matters, what's important because banana milkshakes in the big scheme of things in our mind aren't going to be the big thing, right? That's not what our minds say. What this practice of gratitude does is it forces us to recognize the deeper thing that's going on in those spaces, how God can use a dog or a sunset or a banana frozen yogurt milkshake <laughs> to <laughs> evoke something within us that breaks us from our monotonous idea that what is most important is what we've accomplished today, what people think of us what we need to get done, where we are trying. Like there's so many other things that drive us. And especially in American culture, where there's a lot of pressure on work and production and your reputation, how respected and big and well-known you are. These little moments can become some of the most powerful things to ground us in. It's okay. That's another thing that I thought about during the pandemic, because for a lot of people, productivity shifted. There are some people that they could not do what they were doing anymore because what they were doing required people in a group, right? right? Or required direct interaction. And I do a lot with ministry and a lot of my ministry work shifted. And some things that I was really excited about doing, I couldn't do. And I remember moments of feeling this internal pressure of producing because I've been in environments like that. I just remember moments of feeling like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not getting things done. And there was a moment that I was able to step back and realize that as I was concerned about what people would think or about what God would think or about what I was accomplishing or what fruit I was producing, I was missing the fact that my little two-year-old was wanting to play a game with me. And I was missing the fact that I had been given the freedom to be able to be in that space and play with him instead of producing stuff, right? So it's like the things that we think are important sometimes aren't. And the things that we think are unimportant actually have more value than we realize. What would your encouragement be to someone who is hearing this and they're like, okay, I want to give this a go. I'm willing to try it. How would you encourage that person to take the first step and to keep the momentum? Okay. So two things. First, before I answer that, you're talking about the two-year-old. When I was early in my career, the company I was with got bought out. And of course, instant stress, right? I have a, a five-year-old. I have a, he was about two. And what am I going to do here when my job ends? How, how am I going to handle that? And so there's all the stress. But at the same time, they said, look, we need you through the end of the year. We don't have much for you to do. Just be available mm. if something goes off the rails with the systems. So I've got nine months of, you know, show up at work if you want. There's not a lot going on. And so what I started doing was I told my wife, I'll take the kids to kindergarten and the babysitter. And then once a week, we would have breakfast at McDonald's. And I'm sitting there at McDonald's one time, having my cup of coffee, my egg McMuffin, and I'm watching these two kids interact and eating their breakfast. And I said, I was missing this. Mm. And I made a promise right then and there, whatever the next job is, whatever, however things work out, I will not miss their scout meetings. I will not miss their school events. I will be there for them because these kids are really cool and they are a gift 
and I need to be there and enjoy this gift. Hmm. I don't know that I completed 100% of that promise. In fact, I suspect I didn't because the next job involves some travel. But as much as I could, I did. Now, what advice would I give someone who's trying to get started? Not to get all Nike on us, but just do it. <laughs> Go out there on Facebook, if you're on Facebook or social media, somewhere where you've got that accountability. I started with a top 10 list, make it five, make it one. Here, here's the greatest thing that happened yesterday and just do it. Mm -hmm. Once you start doing it, people will respond. And if you do it long enough, you're going to start feeling better. And you may only find one or two things to be grateful for and one or two great things that first day but it will get easier and you will start finding more and more. And sometimes my posts on Facebook go on for two screens. I'm thinking not everybody's going to go to the bottom of this. That's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, other advice would be take a picture. You know, we've got these phones. They're on us all the time. You'll see people and I'm guilty too. We'll be at a table with other people and start texting or checking their phones. Well, pull it out and take a picture. Hey, here's the dinner I'm having. Hey, here I am with a friend and put, put the picture out there. Just do something to get the ball rolling. Once it rolls, it's going to pick up momentum. God is faithful. He's going to give you more things to show you how wonderful life is right now, to say nothing of the future. So just get it started and do it. Don't worry about it being perfect. <laughs> Use bad grammar. Doesn't matter. Put it out there. And the last piece is, if you got a friend on Facebook that's making your life good, tag them. Acknowledge them. I tag my wife all the time on Facebook because she's a part of most of the great things in my life. But we'll run into somebody in a store and I'll tag them. And sometimes we'll run into somebody in a store and they'll be like, are you going to put me on Facebook? Like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, and why am I going to put you on Facebook? Because running into you and talking to you for two minutes was one of those great things that I really appreciate. Mm -hmm. You know, what's great about the timing of our conversation and the timing of when I will most likely get this out <laughs> is for some people, they need a little more of an oomph to get themselves going on this and having some kind of significant timing or framing can do that. So, you know, a lot of people will make resolutions, whether they keep them or not is a different story, but mm -hmm. we'll make resolutions at the start of the year because there's this cultural understanding of it's a new year, it's a new thing. And we are just before November, which holds the holiday of Thanksgiving. Right. And so for anyone that is thinking, I would love to do this, but uh, I struggle with getting going. This creates a perfect opportunity to say, hey, how about for the month of November that holds Thanksgiving every day, you just post something you're thankful for. You can even invite friends into the challenge, say, I'm doing the thankfulness challenge. You want to do it with me? But like, Sometimes something like that can create a nice packaged framed thing that can help someone to press past whatever their barriers are to get into it. So I love the timing of this. I love that idea. That's, <laughs> that, that's fantastic. I think I'm going to put a challenge out to my Facebook friends. Hey, do it, do it for the month of November. And if it makes you feel better, keep going. Yep. You know, the other thing as you were talking, it reminded me of this memory I have. You talked about sunsets and I love sunsets. And I think that's the funny thing is you said, you know, people say, oh, yeah, you know, everyone says a sunset's beautiful. Every, everyone says a sunset's good. And we had that mentality, right? Like you've seen us one sunset, you've seen it all. But if you actually look at sunsets, you know, that's not true. <laughs> right. You could sit on the same spot and watch sunsets every day for a year and still be struck with awe by any given sunset. 
one thing I love to do is sit on my porch and look at the sunset. And mm -hmm. that's one thing that pretty frequently can become my big moment of gratitude for the day. Like this was just beautiful, God. This was amazing. Yeah. The memory I'm having is one time I was in the house and all the blinds were closed and I don't know how I was doing. And for some reason, I felt like I was supposed to go step outside. And earlier that day, the sky was normal. And I step outside and it was ridiculous. The colors, the clouds, like it was one of those mind blowing sunsets. I stopped what I was doing and I just stayed on the porch and it was only there for like two minutes. And I realized that as I was functioning, I could have just remained in the house doing what I was doing with the blinds closed and never known that a two minute mind blowing sunset was occurring just beyond the fabric in the class. Wow. Like just one little push of the blinds. Like I could have missed it all, but that little nudge that led me to the porch, led me to see something I didn't know was going to be there. I didn't know that I needed, but man, did that encourage me. And so cool. I think that's the same thing for what we're talking about here is yes, we all have the capacity and the inclination to keep on just going about things as we're going, but we might not know what's happening on the other side of the curtain just because we just don't know it's there. That's, that's really cool. I love sunsets. <laughs> yeah, growing up, I was on a farm and our field was to the west. So you could see mm -hmm. the sunsets every night. Now, where we're at now, it's actually more sunrises. Our, our property opens to the east and they're beautiful too. And that's kind of cool, the sunrise, because I can have my cup of coffee and the dogs are out playing in the yard and I sit down and watch the sunrise and the dogs will come up to you and tell you, you know, what a wonderful person you are, no matter what kind of a person you are because they're dogs and they want you to feed them. But, but it's just this really nice, like you said, two minute time to start the day. If you start the day that way, things are better. That's the other thing I would say, do it in the morning. Don't at the end of the day go, oh, now I gotta figure out what's great about the day. Just reflect back first thing in the morning. Hey, here's the great things that happened yesterday. That's how I do it. Here's a list, put it out on social media. It's gonna make, the rest of the day better. Yeah. And for anyone that has roommates or family in the house with them, this is something that's easy to do as a around the breakfast table, around the dinner table conversation. It's all right. Everyone share something they're grateful for. It's a great way to connect. It's a great way to get everyone centralized into a, a good, healthy place. And it's also a great way to connect together with God. When the kids were young, my wife had this little scoop. It would rotate among the five of us and whoever had special scoop would say the grace for the meal. And then everybody else would say, here's something I like about you. Mm. And so you were the special person that day. It started the dinner meal off really nicely. Yeah. And it would evolve of course, where then they would say something nice back to you. And it just made for this really pleasant dinner conversation. Yeah. Well, we could keep on talking. We could probably just list out a bunch of things we're grateful for today. Yes. Actually, I'm going to do that. What is one thing that you're grateful for today? I'm going to suck up to the podcast. I'm grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful that I started my day by talking to you. After you said, "Let's," would you like to be on my podcast? I, of course, had to stalk your podcast and, and your <laughs> website. And I just, I'm grateful that there are people out there like you that are doing this. And you're helping others. And you're not just helping others in your area, which I believe is Richmond, 
-hmm. Virginia around in there. You're reaching out and you can help people globally. I'm grateful that we have the technology for that. And I'm grateful that there's people like you that are facilitating that and making it happen. So thank you for what you do. I appreciate that. I'm grateful for your gratitude. Uh, it's funny. Right. I laughed a little bit because you said I'm going to suck up to the podcaster. I laugh because I did the same thing yesterday because, you know, my podcast is Where Did You See God? And the mentality behind it is similar to what we're describing is if I believe that God is present and active, how am I actually looking for him? during the day? How am I starting the day saying, I believe I'm going to see God work? How am I during the day saying, this is how I saw God. And so she pulled the same thing on me. She's like, all right, so where, where did you see God today? And I'm like, well, it's being able to be on your podcast. <laughs> like it was actually a moment and I shared why. And yeah, I appreciate that. And it's funny. I have two final questions. Okay. The one is if anyone wanted to engage with any content you created or engage with you? Like what's a way that people can connect? My book, I actually wrote two books. One is about Cleveland sports. It's, it was my first book a long time ago. If you go to philbarthbooks.com, my name plus books.com, that'll take you over to my Amazon author page. The other way is philbarthspeaks.com. That's my blog. And that's where I tell you what's going on in life. That has a contact form. It can be used if you want me to speak at an event, but it can also be used to just shout out a message to me. I'm on Facebook, Phil Barth in the Cincinnati, Ohio. And if you just want the speaking program, that's just philbarth.com. I don't have my own websites. I just refer to other things, just yeah. except for the blog. I just, I take the easy way out on that one. <laughs> Sometimes the easy way is the best way. Why well, oh, know, it right? complicated? <laughs> Well, my last question is this, is there anything else on your heart or mind that you feel like you need to share or you want somebody to know? If you're in the church or if you're not in the church, there are ways to stress out. You can be in a church where somebody said, you know, there's the Old Testament God, and then there's the New Testament God. And the New Testament God seems like he's a lot nicer with, with Jesus and everything. And, and there's a little bit of, the, from his point of view, I saw why he was saying, but you can stress out with all the rules you know, in the church, even you have to do all of these things and you can worry about what's going to happen to me if I don't. Mm. Okay. Or you can stress out with work. What's going to happen to me if I don't do this, if my boss doesn't like me, there are countless opportunities to stress out, but there are also infinite ways to see the glory of God, even in a broken world to see what's really good in this world and look for that you won't find it every time, but if you can find it three to one to five to one, you're going to be all right and realize that what you're seeing now is just, you know, a small, small bit of what you'll be seeing in the next life. You will walk, you will run, dance through the streets, shouting praise to the one. You're healed, you're clean. Go out, tell the people what you've seen. Revived in I'm going to be honest, I don't feel grateful right now. You know, I've really enjoyed recording the episode. I was really enjoying editing it. And then today was just not a great day. My youngest kid woke me up before four, screaming for a stuffed animal that I spent all night looking for. And he refused to go back to sleep until I found it. Well, I'm not going to go looking for a toy that I know I can't find at 4 a.m. And so... There was a lot of in and outs and eventually just coming downstairs with them where, by the way, he immediately knew where the toy was. 
And then there are a number of things throughout the day that are just frustrating, including right now I'm looking down at my phone at a text with Verizon where we're having an issue that we've continued to have that they continue to say will fix itself and a very unhelpful rep. So why am I sharing all this? Because I find it ironic that I was aiming to record the outro for an episode on gratitude and I do not feel gracious right now. And these are precisely the moments when something like this is so important because I know how all of these frustrating things make me feel and how they make me want to respond. I I know how that can create a bitterness in me when another issue happens. This again is why gratitude is so, so important because it sets our minds on what brings life rather than what brings death. Again, that verse in Colossians 3 says, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. That verse is making it clear that there is a then. There is a time that will come where we will find the fullness, the perfection, the joy that we are longing for. There is a then, but there is also a now. And yet in the midst of the now, we can still set our minds on the then. And here's the really beautiful thing. God gives us taste of that fullness, of that joy now in the midst of the hard things that happen. If we set our minds in the muck of the brokenness of now, then that's all we're going to be focused on. But if we set our eyes on things above, if we look up out of the muck and remind ourselves that there is still a God who is God and good, that no matter how hard things get, there is something that God is accomplishing. No matter how daunting things seem, there is a future for us that is going to be so mind-blowing that our momentary troubles that seem so big now will seem like nothing then. So practicing gratitude is a simple thing. It's an important thing, and it's a powerful thing. And it's something that you can start today. I'll kick it off. One thing that I've been grateful for in the midst of all this is interactions with people that remind me that God is at work. I had a great phone call with my friend Michaela, who was actually a guest earlier this year. And that phone call was incredibly encouraging and life-giving. I had some great moments with my kids. They are not just cute, but have great senses of humor and are so playful. And we have a lot of great adventures together. I have a beautiful wife who is pouring so much of herself right now into this role of being a kindergarten teacher and is loving in the midst of challenges because teaching is hard. So in the midst of waking up at four, of frustrating Verizon calls, there are so many things for me to be grateful for. All right, so it's your turn. It's your turn today, even right now, to think of something that you are grateful for. So go ahead and take a moment. What are you grateful for right now? Hopefully you found that to be an easy exercise and you can actually continue to do that. And here's what I'm gonna challenge you to do and it's the same thing that Phil and I talked about in this episode. We're coming into November. November is marked by the holiday of Thanksgiving. And there are a lot of feelings and thoughts around that holiday itself. But if we focus simply on this concept of being thankful, what could it look like for you 
to take the month of November and every day do like Phil does. Find just one thing to be thankful for, one thing to show gratitude around, and share it with someone. Share it with a lot of someones. It's an opportunity to not just realign your mind to the things above, but to show honor and glory and love to God. This is an act of love to God. To say, God, I recognize there's a lot of things that can make me upset, but I still want to find a way to tell you thank you. So I challenge you to practice gratitude for the next month. And as you do, ask yourself, where did you see God? Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Where Did You See God podcast. And I would love for your stories to be a part of it as well. So there are a number of ways that you can do that. You can check out our Facebook page at Where Did You See God podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash Where Did You See God, or you can leave a brief voice message at 804-372-3836. I would love to hear your stories. And if the stories you've heard have encouraged you, Uh, Think of someone else who could be encouraged as well and share it with them. The music you've been listening to is You'll Walk, You'll Run by Urban Doxology. They are a solid group and you will love listening to the rest of the music. So check them out. And as always, as you go through your day, ask yourself, where did you see God?